yeah, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Listener, this is the Coco and Dolls Show. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dolls. And on this podcast, we talk about streaming stuff, we do real reviews, and we're real people. We are. Coco, what are we talking about on this episode of the podcast? And <laughs> Coco is already ready to go with this one, listener. I think Daltz is more ready to go with this one, oh, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're reviewing Thunder Force, a Netflix original that was released two days ago, if you're listening to this in real time. So it's brand new. Thunder Force is the story of childhood besties Emily and Lydia, played by Octavia Spencer and Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy plays Lydia. They have a falling out around high school or college um, age. Lydia is kind of an underachiever, and Emily wants to be a high achiever. So they're in Chicago, and in 1983, some kind of cosmic radio wave turned some citizens of the Earth into miscreants. Mm -hmm. So they're like superheroes with evil powers bad intentions right they use their powers for bad not good Mm -hmm. and emily's parents when she was a child were killed by miscreants so she wants to devote her life to defeating the miscreants Mm -hmm. um so that's where the falling out occurs she's much more serious about her studies than lydia is and then like 25 30 years later it's high school reunion time. Lydia decides she's going to go to Emily's workplace to bring her to the fa- the uh, high school reunion. But then through a series of mishaps, Lydia ends up getting injected with a serum that <laughs> Emily had developed for super strength. Of course. And so they have to continue giving her the serum because if they don't, like her body will explode, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And so Ly- Lydia, not Lydia, Emily had wanted to take the super strength serum for herself in addition to an invisibility serum. So Emily just ends up taking the invisibility serum. And then once their powers are fully realized, they team up to be the crime fighting duo Thunder Force. Mm -hmm. And there's some stuff with like the Chicago mayoral race and Bobby Cannavale shows up and Jason Bateman shows up as a miscreant who's like half man, half crab. Why not? I'm very surprised they didn't make any he's going to give you crabs jokes. Right. I was waiting for those. That was the obvious joke there. So not to get ahead of ourselves, but all the obvious jokes were made in this movie. So I don't know why that one wasn't made. It Maybe it got left on the cutting room floor. Maybe they had some restraint. <laughs> so so then Octavia and Melissa save the day, essentially. Yeah, yeah they save the day. Yeah. So it's it's a superhero comedy, mm-hmm. basically. So And we watched this because Coco is kooky for the superhero movies. No, not really. No, we, we knew this was going to be terrible. Yeah, we knew it was going to be bad. And we also figured, you know... It could maybe have a lot of people watching it, which it turns out it somehow does because it's number one in the U.S. So we were right about that. And once again, before we get, I get ahead of myself. I've been talking a while. Dalts, what'd you think of Thunder Force? So as I'm watching Thunder Force, and I I think I like Melissa McCarthy more than you do. Yeah. Um, but she's not been great in her recent choices. Uh, Octavia Spencer has been actually pretty good in pretty much everything, I think. Yeah. She's really good. She deserved better than this. And so the material is pretty awful. Ben Falcone is the writer and director. That's Melissa McCarthy's partner, husband, guy. He's in this a couple of times. Um, I think he's got a sense of humor, but I don't see much of it here. This movie is... 
like I said earlier, that all the expected jokes are made. Some of the jokes are really old. Like there's one riff where Melissa McCarthy's character talks about Urkel. Yeah. And she goes on and on about Urkel. It's <laughs> so, like, when was the last time Urkel, like, does anybody on the who's listening right now remember who Urkel is? Right. Probably not. If you're like 30 and under. Right, exactly. And she was making that reference to a girl who's 15 who would definitely not know who Urkel is. Right. And and then there was a whole race thing there that I don't even know if anybody picked up on because Urkel was black. Yeah, that so, was very like, uncomfortable. Yeah, and yeah. so like, I, yeah, anyway, so there the humor there is just not spectacular. Um, I think it probably it probably read really well. Like the concept is good. You know, the miscreants are the, like the bad guys are the yeah. first ones to come to Earth, and the good guys are like not really around yet. And so, I, like, I think this probably was a really good table read, and uh, it probably came across really strong on on a script. Like I said. But man, oh man. Like, so as I'm watching this, Coco, I'm thinking, okay, we've now watched a movie that looks like it was made all in one day. <laughs> like, it looks like they just shot the movie. It, like, just, okay, next scene, next scene, next scene. Okay, we got that one, next scene. Like, it was an hour, it was an hour and 40 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, it felt like it was about three hours long. Yeah, it did. Um, and, and yet, it somehow, you know, the pace was like, oh yeah, we're just going to keep... Let's just keep shooting. Let's just keep going. <laughs> um, so not a big fan of this movie. But I mean, we knew what we were getting into. Right. We knew it was probably going to be terrible. We watched the trailer. We are familiar with Melissa McCarthy's oeuvre. <laughs> um, Daltz, when we watched the trailer, was like, so all the funniest lines of the movie are probably in the trailer, right? Which means we're in trouble. <laughs> right. Because the, the trailer wasn't <laughs> was, really all that no, funny. No, it was terrible. <laughs> So Coco, what are your thoughts on this movie? Let's let's get deep in this because I know you're you really analyze these superhero movies more than I do. So <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty bad. Um, like I said, Octavia Spencer deserves better because she's so good, right, and right. I can see how maybe she would want to change things up a little bit and do a comedy. But mm-hmm. she, yeah, it, this just wasn't the right fit. No. Um, and she wasn't great in this. I, I got to say that I didn't think her acting was very good. She was better than Melissa McCarthy. Now, granted, uh, she well, didn't have a lot to do mm-hmm. because the focus is always on Melissa McCarthy and letting her be funny, right. but she wasn't funny. Like Dalt said, the Urkel bit wasn't funny. It was dated. It went on too long. There were a couple other times mm-hmm. when she just went off on a tangent and it went on too long. And like, it's probably ad-libbing, right. but... Which is good, which can be good. Whether it's ad-libbing or whether it's scripted, you need to cut somebody off if they're not being funny. So here's the thing. If your husband is the writer and director of the material, you're a supportive partner, um, is your husband going to tell you you're not very good? Like, I I wonder what that dynamic is. I don't know anything about it. I Um, I mean, he's writing all this stuff for her. So, I mean, but, he but obviously part, has an idea of what her strengths are. Right. So maybe he does think she is funny. But the the Urkel thing, like, I mean, yeah, somebody's got to step was, in and yeah. say, you know, that's pretty dated and it's not funny. There's got to yeah. be a different joke you can make in that situation. Right. Like, okay, point, you look a little geeky or you look a little something or other. Like, right. At this point, Urkel was 30 years ago. <laughs> Urkel. So. I can't believe it. Like, <laughs> no. Urkel wasn't even relevant when Urkel was relevant. I, know, I mean, don't. why are we talking about Urkel in 2000 and uh, what year is this? 21. Yeah, unless that 15-year-old girl watched Dancing with the Stars when <laughs> the guy who played Urkel was on Dancing with the Stars, which I believe was at least 10 years ago, then she probably has no clue. Well, it's not even that. To me, it's the audience. Like, nobody, right. like who in the audience is going to get that? That This, this well, movie is not made for people who would get the Urkel reference. You think so? Because I think people who like Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer are like our age. Like how many 16 year olds do you know love Melissa McCarthy? Uh, yeah. But are they watching this movie? 
I don't know. Like as an Octavia Octavia Spencer movie fan, is she really is that person really going to this movie? Well, maybe this it's is a superhero movie. Maybe this is another thing where they're trying to appeal to adults and their kids. So they're thinking yeah. you're going to watch it with your 16 year old and your 14 year old, right. so you'll get the Urkel reference, and you know your 14 year old would be like, "Daddy, who's Urkel?" Right. So, and I, but I also think that the Urkel. So yes, I, I agree with that. That's a good point. But I think then in that case, the Urkel bit could have been about a minute. Yeah. Like, or yeah. not even a minute. I mean, it should have just been one reference. Yeah. Like and what? then a toss off moment. Yeah, exactly. Rather not, than her riffing on it for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, totally. It was brutal. And everybody's just kind of standing around and they're all kind of mugging for the camera. Like, what's she doing? Yeah. And, you know. Well, and then there was also this, and that same scene where Melissa McCarthy is riffing on the villain who turns out to be the villain lady about her being Jodie Foster. Yeah, yeah. It's like, there's not a lot of people that are going to get that either. Right, totally. Like, like she doesn't even look like Jodie She doesn't Foster. even look like Jodie Foster. <laughs> it's Melissa Leo. She doesn't look anything like Jodie Foster. Right. It's like, just because, just because she's serious and in a pantsuit? Like, right. Like, <laughs> like, say Hillary Clinton. Like, right. turn this lady blonde and like, be like, look at you in your pantsuit. Or like something Hillary more relevant. Yeah, so... Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> so that was another thing. Speaking of the lady who turned out to be the villain, it, this script was extremely predictable. Oh, man. Like, you knew who was going to turn out to be a villain. Mm-hmm. Like, you knew who was probably going to turn out to be a good guy. Like, it was extremely predictable well like, and we even could see even though we saw the trailer so the trailer spoiled this but we could tell that melissa mccarthy was going to wander in and when uh, octavia spencer says don't touch anything you know that she's going to get transformed into a superhuman being somehow and that's another issue i had with the script as well because these two haven't talked to each other in 25 30 years melissa mccarthy shows up she ruins octavia spencer's grand plan <laughs> for revenge on the miscreants and Octavia Spencer just kind of gets over it. Right. And now they're besties no again. And I'm like, I I don't see forgiving and forgetting that easily. Well, and also you know? in the, on the flip side, I didn't think that when they split in the movie when they were in high school, uh-huh. I didn't think that that was really a serious enough thing. I mean, I don't, I'm not a teenage girl, so maybe these things get blown out of proportion, but mm-hmm. it didn't seem like that big a deal. And all of a sudden they're not friends anymore. It's like, mm-hmm. just, you know, you kind of roll with it. Like, you know, you know who you are and well, what you're getting out of the relationship. I can see that because like, if they're going off, if Emily's going off to college and Lydia's staying in Chicago and being a forklift driver, like how much are they really going to see each other after that anyways? I you know, know if Emily goes to Yale and especially because at that point it's like the early 90s. So email is not really a thing. Right. There's no social media. The Internet's not really a thing. Mm-hmm. It's harder to keep up yeah. in the early 90s when these two are in you know, high school and college than it is now when you mm-hmm. can have the same group of friends for life if right. you want to, because it's so easy to keep up. I, I so. guess so. I mean, maybe that's a girl thing. Cause like I, I went off to college and I still stayed in touch with all my friends who didn't go to college. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and some of them are still in the same towns that I grew up in. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I like it, it just, it's it, that seemed jarring to me as like, well, we're trying to invent something that's serious and a break of some sort. Anyway, yeah. It's so. just another one of the holes in the storyline and the plot that <laughs> that was Thunder Force. Right. So what did I say? I said, it's not funny. I said, it's predictable. I said, I uh, didn't buy that Emily would just forgive Lydia so mm-hmm. easily. Um, and I didn't like the acting. The acting wasn't very yeah, good. Yeah, the acting wasn't very good, uh, except for Jason Bateman. Right. I like Jason Bateman. good in everything. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was really good. Bobby mm-hmm. Cannavale, I normally like him mm-hmm. in everything, and this just didn't... Um, I'm going to blame it on the script because I'm sure for him it was easy. He probably showed up and did like, you know, a week or two of work Mm -hmm. and got a nice paycheck. And Mm -hmm. this isn't like 
he's playing Napoleon where he has to do like a lot of freaking research and immerse himself in the characters. Like he shows up and he like, I'd like to see that actually. Yeah, him Napoleon? That's a great, that's <laughs> a great, great casting. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Hey Netflix. Are you listening? I think he's a little too tall to play. Napoleon. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like this wasn't a very stretchy role for him. No, um, I felt like he mailed it in. I, I yeah. really like Bobby Cannavale, but I, yeah. I thought he mailed it in. Definitely. And then Palm Clementif, I hope I'm saying her name right. She's also in the guardians of the galaxy movies. She was horrible. Who was she? She was the blonde laser oh, she lady. Was laser, she was yeah. a miscreant. So yeah, yeah. she she had some very wooden line readings. There were some good lines in this. Like, let's not yeah, say were, that it's not funny at all. There were some laugh out loud There were some pretty good sure. moments in there. Like, And I think a lot of them were probably Melissa McCarthy riffs. Like when the villain's walking away, when the blonde lady you were talking about walks away really slowly and she's like oh she really walks really slowly doesn't she that must get on your nerves it's like oh yeah i've been there you know you're with somebody who walks really slowly so like that's there was a couple of those in there but not nearly enough to make the journey worthwhile right like i i thought melissa mccarthy's best scenes were when she was with jason bateman yeah like well that whole yeah. scene with her her and him dating on a date yeah. Like that was just I, like again on paper, it probably was really good. It probably yeah. read really well because it was a different way of the hero and the villain getting information from one another, right? And they were like wooing each other, and yet uh-huh. they were sharing secrets. And it was so that probably read really well. But I'm watching this, and this scene is a long scene. It's yeah, like, it is. It's kind of like it's kind of uncomfortable i feel i feel like this is an awkward moment and he's like half crab so he's got crab arms and he's trying to pick up his martini glass and he's like you know destroying the martini glass so and he was great like he's yeah. i would watch jason bateman read the phone book because he's just everything he does is good and he was good in this he was just and he was kind of half shaven and looked you know yeah looked a little rough compared to some of the other characters he's in like, mm-hmm. now you've killed kenny yeah which i i liked the south park reference right so yeah so that's, I think, all I had to say. Yeah, so thumbs down, listener. Yeah. Uh, what would you give this on a letter grade, Coco? Ooh, yikes. So I'm thinking about the stuff that I've given like Ds and mm-hmm. D minuses to. Mm-hmm. Which were? Which were Hard Kill mm-hmm. and uh, Possessions, which was an HBO Max original series that was awful. Um, and I'm like... Hard Kill was funny, but in a it wasn't supposed a, to be funny. Yeah, in an unintentional way. Yeah. And it was pretty painful. Yeah. So I am i can't decide if I want to give it a D or a D minus, but I think I want to give it a D minus. And yeah. I also want to say that they never explained where the 15-year-old daughter got her superpowers from. Right. Like, all of know, a sudden, she's fast. Yeah, all of a sudden, she's the Flash. And, you know, <laughs> she shows up and Emily doesn't say, have you been screwing around with the serum? You right. shouldn't be doing this. Right. Like, I think we're supposed to infer that because she's a 15-year-old genius and she's already graduated from Stanford that... She did it herself, mm-hmm. but there was no even throwaway line about like, oh yeah, I, I wanted to, you know, join Thunder Force, so I did this. Like there was nothing. She was just like, I'm, been, I'm really fast now. I think there might have been, but we just weren't paying attention. We were nodding. That off. was at the end of the movie. So <laughs> we were looking at our watches as I kept pushing the uh, the display button on the remote to see how much time was left in the movie. The first time Daltz did that, there was still an hour left, and I was like, "Oh Christ, you're kidding me! We still got an hour to go." Oh, this is one of those movies that, like, if you're in the theater, you're trapped, right? But you're at home, it's an advantage because you can get up, you can make yourself a sandwich, you right. know, you can pause it if you want, or you don't have to pause it. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, like sometimes when we're watching movies and one of us will get up and oh you don't have to pause it yeah like this is one of 
those movies where it's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I'm going to go in here and I'm actually just going to check my email on my computer. <laughs> right. I don't want to do it on the couch, you know, distract you with the light of my computer. So <laughs> I'm going to go in the other room and watch the last episode of Alan V. Farrow that I never got around to seeing. You can, you can finish this out. I will say this was very reminiscent of Shazam. We uh. tried to uh, double dip shazam and something else last year Mm -hmm. i can't remember what it was and we got the times wrong so we ended up only seeing like the last 15 minutes of the avengers i think wasn't it the avengers was it the avengers i don't know and shazam i know it was the last 15 minutes but it was freaking painful (laughs) i was like thank god we didn't just sit through two hours of that because i would want to kill myself well here's the thing about that though is that when you jump into a movie like that you don't know the tone that's been set from the beginning so that might have been intentionally like that I, i i'm trying to give it some some slack here. Um, but like when you jump, like when you come into a movie and people, characters have already been established and their motives and everything like that, that's really hard to do. But this one, man, if you jump into the middle of this one, you know, it's, it's not good from the get go. You don't have to know the character's motivations. So I'm going to, I'm going to say a D minus. What about, what about you? Oh, this is a three out of 10. Wow. Yeah. This is, this is down near the bottom of, I think this is probably the worst movie we've seen. And we've seen some dogs. Yeah. We've seen some really bad movies. Uh, But this is, but we knew, see there, here's the thing is the bar was set low when we were going in and we still hated it. Like we knew it was going to be cheesy and terrible (laughs) and it was cheesy and terrible off the charts. And yet it's number one in the nation right now on Netflix. So yeah. Probably because it's an hour and 45 minutes. And like you said, people don't really have to pay attention to it. And mm-hmm. you can get up and go answer the door for the Amazon guy, you know, and it's <laughs> it's all good. It's not like The Serpent where it's an eight-hour right. series that you're going to have to invest some time in. You so. can go get your uh, vaccination and then come back and then... <laughs> resume watching it (laughs) maybe that's what we should have done on tuesday when i go get my shot like start watching it and then i drive 20 miles away and sit there for a half hour so they make sure you can watch it in your in your car on your phone oh that's true i could uh, i could totally do that yeah it was it was bad so i think the conclusion listener skip yeah don't watch don't watch so uh thanks for joining us again listener we appreciate it we're gonna try to watch something better next time please jesus (laughs) For another episode of the podcast, I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dalton.